hardly wait to hold you, enfold you, never enough, render your heart to me. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands and we have taken control of your radio station. Podcast, podcast, this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you are going to be hearing for the next hour. So joining me once again, it's Nathan Harrison. Hey. It's Adam Boncher. Hey. It's Andrew McDonald. Hey. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hey. Uh, See, like, Deej set it up with such a nice yeah, tender quote. Like, yeah, we have gone from smooth, smooth FM. <laughs> we've gone from smooth FM to triple M in a fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of triple M favorites, a man who's crossed the triple J, triple M border many, many times in his career. Been searched at either end. And smooth end. FM, yeah. now that I think about it. He is a... Oh, yeah. This, yeah. this man knows no boundaries when it comes mm. to radio play. If he puts out a record, they will play it. <laughs> Someone will. <laughs> it's that's five that's o'clock a- somewhere. Ben Harper's playing on a radio somewhere. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good career to have. Yeah. Oh, dude, not- yeah. He is, he is doing just fine. Yeah. But let's have a quick discussion concerning... The next Ben Harper song that has made it into the Hottest 100. We're at number 80 in the 1997 Hottest 100 with Mr. Ben Harper. This song is called Faded. Coming in at number 80 in the 1997 Hottest 100 with a little ditty by the name of Faded. Uh, let's throw it to the most faded man that I <laughs> Actually, Whoa. no. That's still that's still Nathan. Nathan <laughs> Nathan has still got your boy well, faded. If you, what if you talk about, like, haircuts? Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. I went to get a haircut, like, a couple of weeks ago, and the only place that I, I could find was a place called Blade and Fade. And I was Holy like, I just shit. can't go there. I'm like... Why not? I, I can't. Like, I can't go to a place called Blade and Fade. They'll <laughs> laugh at me. <laughs> they'll make fun of me. They won't serve me. They'll, they'll bully you instead. They of- will 100% do that. They'll give me a bad haircut that like, they know oh is bad. God. And just I'll be too the- scared to say it's bad. Just a bit of top. Just a trim. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. A trim. Yeah, okay. Trim. okay. Yeah. Comes out with a sick mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> In, like, the sides of my hair, it would just say, just the trim or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a shit. And be like, how's this? And I'll just be, like, crying and be like, good thing you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you cutting my hair. So, Ben Harper, uh, blues, folk, rock, musician. Roots. This is the, like, the Ben Harper word cloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Uh, shoes you will not find in the word cloud. No shoes. Never any, never any shoes. Byron Bay is in the world. It's one of the, one of the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the bet he owns like a fucking houseboat in Byron or some shit? You just you just buy up Byron. Anyway, 
<laughs> he plays Blue Dust a lot. Plays- <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he plays it a whole lot. Just we- before we go any further, I just found out that Ben Harper's net worth is $10 million. So he probably could Watch buy out, Byron Bay. Byron Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, I reckon Byron Bay settled for 10 mil. Ben Harper's 10 mil, yeah. We talked about this guy once before. It was the first one of last year, I think. Different album, um, different time in his life, presumably. And this song, the main thing that really sticks out for me is how weirdly it's mixed. It's oh, just, my God. It's super yeah. weird. It's like mm. got the guitar sitting all the way back in like the tiniest little corner of your of your left ear for the first bit. And then it switches. It just kind of like yeah. changes over. Like, I don't know whether the producer would just had aspirations of making like pop bangers. It just so got, you know, it's like, no, nah, man, it's just a it's just a root song. So he's <laughs> like, well, see what I can do to make it more interesting for myself. The other thing that really sticks out to me is just how lethargic Ben's singing really is. Like, I get being laid oh, back, man, but like, you're this reading is... my goddamn mind. Like, it is it, wow. Like, it's it like... legit feels like it's a mashup. Like, <laughs> yeah. it like the vocals are from something else, and the the instrumentation is from like kind a different of. song entirely. Objectively, he is a fucking good singer. Like when he gets into like that blues howl, when he's got like the full band behind him and shit. Like he is untouchable. And so to have him just be like literally sound like he's just woken up on this song, I'm just like, mm. who put this together? Like how were these both decided as the best takes? Because the guitar is so chunky, right? Like, yeah, it's a bit like post grungy kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's got that Zeppelin vibe to it. It's like that whole lot of love kind of thing. Which is weird because that that acoustic detour is also massively Zeppelin. Yeah, mm. but but also the acoustic detour is massively Harper. Like that's yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 the, yeah. the most Ben Harpery part of the song is where he's not singing when it's that yeah. acoustic. Oh stuff. yeah, that's the thing because I just like I don't know whether that is like interesting because he's disrupting this kind of rocky thing, or whether it's more like just not committing to creating a song with a different sound and being like, it I'm going to do this, change. but then just retreat like, back to if if it was like if it like went up and like it had the payoff. Like, yeah, this is this is the other thing that you've hit on. Like, I was waiting for the song to begin yeah. throughout the whole song. Yeah, totally. like I, it really at every moment it kind of gestured towards there being a change, and it never really came. Whether that be in the vocals or in that, as you mentioned, the time where the entire song just kind of stops down. Like that mm. got me really excited when I was listening to it for the first time, and I was only listening to this song for the very first time in preparation for this count, and I hadn't heard it before. I have not heard much Ben Harper, so it stops down. And I just, and literally anything can happen at that moment. And then what we get instead is just kind of a little bit, as you mentioned, like of an acoustic noodle sesh. And then it comes back and it just kind of does the same thing mm. again. I will say that, but credit where credit's due, the rhythm section slaps big time. That's um, the, oh, the drum like sound. The, guitar, like, the awesome. slide guitar is amazing. He is very always, good at yeah. slide guitar. Yeah, yeah, we've discussed that previously in yeah. yeah. other songs we've talked about here. Yeah, yeah, like I've had a varying degree of relationship with Ben Harper himself, but he's always had such a solid backing band. Yeah. Like we can talk about the, the individual merits of this song like, in terms of like like the like I said, the rhythm section is great, the guitar works, but the problem is that like. If you hadn't heard Ben Harper absolutely slap with his voice that you know that he can do, you would assume that this is just completely a studio manufactured thing where he's completely out of his wheelhouse because he just mm. he doesn't like it sounds like he doesn't want to do this song. Like because the rest yes. of the band are fucking killing it. And it, honestly, even his voice, that Ben Harper voice works when he does yeah. when he's doing his like rootsy acoustic jams, and that's what suits his his, his voice like that. I appreciate the the maybe he's trying something different and like trying to possibly subvert like masculinist grunge sound with his soft vocals but it just sounds like it's he's been thrown into a studio with a band that isn't his yeah and i yeah. think i think like it's all very well to go for that contrast i yeah. think that could have been a nice choice like it's like 
heaps energetic music yeah, going on in the background. Yeah, is the operative word, hey? I think if he just leant back on that a little bit, you know what mm. I mean? It's just, mm. it's just pushed it too far. That's all. I, I actually dig the contrast. I think that that's a fairly good choice, but the choice, the inaction and how far he's chosen to, to take that vocally is just weird. This isn't a terrible song by any means. Yeah, it's I think just, it's terrible, yeah. 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 And like saying faded so faded is kind of, a, I can see the, the hooky appeal of that, like it works, yeah. but it's just contrast is one thing, but you don't want to alienate this, the cohesion, I think is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At number 79, this is the return of Porter's Head with All Mine. Again at number 79 with the track All Mine from their self-titled second album. Andrew, David. give me a reason to love All Mine. Man, the reasons are there. I don't think I have to provide any more. The second Porter's Head record, following up from Dummy, it's this exemplifies the sound of that record in a lot of ways, I think. It's, yeah. It's just darker. It's a more offensive, menacing sound, and they do it so well. Those The crisp fucking snare beat in this is and like the punctuated by those horns, like... It's still that recognizably like smoky, hazy, I guess like film noir esque sound that Porter said do so well. But like it's been turned up to eleven here. Like the horns punctuate the, the haziness to give it like grounded in pop music. And but then like you you grooving along and it's going well and then halfway through the song, that insane fucking guitar comes out of nowhere. <laughs> this noise effect like kind of my buddy Valentine y like drone. It's just like undoes the pop grounding that the horns do. And like Beth's voice, Beth Gibbons, obviously the singer, mm. remarkably beautiful voice. Oh my god, timelessly perfect. She's really able to stretch her like lungs, and she belts out some really high notes and some sustained tones, and yeah. she just showcases what an absolutely beautiful singer she is. What I love about this song and the second Portishead record, compared to like the first Portishead record, that is so the first one feels inviting, and this one feels almost standoffish in how outside the production is from you. It's like the first one they've built a world around you and this one they've built a world beside you. You can observe its beauty, but this is... This is for Porter's head, and I think this is just a remarkable fucking song. I think standoffish is the right word. I think like that definitely comes across. And I don't have the musical knowledge right now. So Deej, maybe as mm. the as the kind of person who's got the music theory, but is that the interval that they use between the, the notes, mm. like the horn in the horn section? Like, is that the flatted fifth? Is that the tritone, aka so the think, devil's interval? I believe it's on the level. Then cool. Um, and that's a heaps cool thing to look up, by the way in terms of it, like this insane 
bit of music theory where uh, basically the church went, oh no, the distance between these two notes, the relationship between these two notes sounds a bit too spooky. We're going to outlaw it and we're going to hang you if you write anything with it or play it. Truly Mm. too spooky. Yeah. They named it uh, Diabolus in Musica or The Devil in Music. Hmm. Um, Uh, The most famous example in the history of recorded music, The Simpsons. Oh my God. Yeah. Composed by the devil himself, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Whether or not it actually is that, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. um, but anyway, it's something to Google. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's, it creates such tension. Like it doesn't let you off the hook at all. So I think, yeah, and that tense standoffishness really comes across because mm. this, this was the first single since Glory Box. Just wanna be a woman. Yeah, and if you compare Glory Box to this, like as a the fight, parallels are like so so there. Yeah, hey. they're so there that like, it's. So recognisably the Part same Part of me team. is like, like, there's like a definitely cynical side of me where I, I just like, the label heard Glory Box and they were just like, can you can you jazz it up a little bit? Can you can you make it a bit catchier so that maybe the kids can, you know, bop along? Because this, this to me is like a popular and like more accessible kind of version of Glory Box. Really? I think it's this got is this, way it's got, less accessible. It's got the same rhythm. It's got, you know, but, that but is it's just undercut super- so strongly by that as I said, like the tension between the notes that they're playing with. Like mm. to me, like it's just so, this is an unsettling, unnerving song. Like this is like a, a take on what would normally just be like a big band standard or a Bond theme and just subverting yeah. it and taking oh, it into this twisted a bond, territory. Bond theme mm. element to it as well. Like I was definitely thinking that. I think this is a track that's written in defiance to accessibility. Like, no, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think that um, you're right, David, like the, like the, the, particularly like the horns and the all mine chorus, mm. like- and the first half is so poppy, like not poppy, poppy, but like it's it's recognizable. Yeah, you pop see music. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. the second and half also, is like, almost the like a fuck you. Of like this and Glory Box is like dis- <clears throat> like super super similar. Like it's very very close, mm. and the drum is drums are almost exactly the same. I think that's just Portishead's sound, though. I think in a lot of ways, yeah. like, like their songs are all, are often that kind of same lethargic kind of groove, mm. and like they do obviously they, they fucking nail it. And it's, it's so good that like they took I guess but between Dummy and Portishead the record this this song is from um there was, I think it was like three and a half or four years or something between the releases but like nothing about Portishead sounds like we've got to get this done it's no. all this relaxed even like mm. even when this is at its most menacing it's not menacing like ha fuck you it's just this groove outside of your realm sorry we're doing this for us this is not something that we're trying to finish or get across the line we're just doing this insane song I, I love the the lack of urgency that's in their music yeah, if Glory Box is this kind of sultry, smoky jazz bar that, you know, you go down these hidden mm. stairs to and it's very, like, warm and rich or whatever, this is much more like watching that bar on a screen. Like, you can't be part of yeah, that thing. Like, yep. there's there's something in the way. Mm. Like, or intentionally, you, like, yeah. it's, that, it's that production level that, and that tension that kind of mm. you're watching something a little bit abstracted, a little bit, like, slightly off. Yeah, that's right. About that that sort of very familiar feeling that Glory Box does have. This or song you, is Twin Peaks. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, like... You can, you can see that smoky bar, but yeah. you don't know how to get in. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, talking about Portishead, like, in terms of cinematography is, is like, very done thing. Like, so many, you know, journalists and stuff have, you know, said, like, this making film noir music for movies that were never made kind of thing. Yeah, oh, and, like, very like, like, like the, uh, the music video for this song, like, channels... Um, that sci-fi series from the 60s called The Outer Limits, which oh. was yeah, like right. kind of a Twilight Zone-esque show, like in, oh, in, cool. individual episodes, oh, but that makes far more science fiction-y. Like I yeah. watched that as a kid. It's yeah, which again good. is about that slight, like, you know, like so much of that early sci-fi is about 
the slightly off familiar kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Something that Uncanny Valley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something yeah, yeah, yeah. that is very like known to you, but there's what, something what, different. What if TV is but bad? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what if TV but too much? I think it's interesting just uh, to throw in a fact that goes along with our discussion of accessibility you and standoffishness and whatever. I do. I do. <laughs> um, this is the only top ten hit that Portishead had in the UK. There you go. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so You're welcome. Pick, pick, pick it up, pick it up <laughs> UK. that shit. Yeah, I know. Pick pick this to me. They all laughed when DJY <laughs> said this was poppy. <laughs> said this was a banger. <laughs> said this was the sound of summer. <laughs> but who's laughing now? Bumped the UK, my- who has no summer. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of the UK summer. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Oh, Familiar, God. but slightly off. Yeah. <laughs> I just cruise up with my fucking hydraulics. <laughs> I'm playing an air horn, horn yeah. along with a horn section. <laughs> Man, Airhorn 97, you're really ahead of your time. Yeah, right? (laughs) I'm just cranking along in a vivisella. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you don't know what this is. This will piss you off like a fucker in 10 years. I guess you guys were ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. This this will ruin the World Cup for you in about nine years. Which is like someone watching the World Cup and is like, what is that, honey? It's like, I just have this memory of this guy that used to drive around in a big car listening to Portis Head and ruining it. A lot. Very loudly. <laughs> this is an episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. We've, we've this, done this, it. This, this is the outer limit. Yeah, yeah. this is it. <laughs> At number 78, this is The Mark of Cain covering X's Degenerate Boy. Number 78 in the 1997 Hottest 100. That's a song called Degenerate Boy. It is originally by the legendary Australian punk band X. Not to be confused with the American band X or indeed the Japanese band X Japan. Fucking yes. pick another letter, yeah, you guys. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No. There's, there, there's hundreds more letters, I'm <laughs> sure. Just, just think of them. There must, be, there must be countless other letters you can pick, guys. X is the coolest letter. X, X is, is so the coolest fucking letter. sick. <laughs> Come on. But, uh, yeah, this is, like, a, a, a punk classic. Like, not necessarily one that's going to end up on, like, Aussie barbecue classics. It's one of those niche, like, let's, let's call them cult classics. Yeah. Like, the people to, to that know, they fucking... To coin a term. To coin a term, cult classic. That's going to take off. write that down. And speaking of cult classic bands, the motherfucking Mark of Cain, two brothers from out back, just ripping shit, making loud, noisy, fucked off alternative rock 
for the better part of 25 years, mm. maybe a bit longer. So it's been the two uh, brothers, oh, guitar and bass, respectively. Mark and uh, Kane. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kane and Abel. And they've had a myriad of drummers uh, through their career, most notably Mr. John Stanier of Battles and Tomahawk fame. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Fantastic drummer. Also for Helmet? Uh, yes, correct. Also for Helmet. Interesting. Because, yeah. because like, people Because there's often... definitely, yeah, a lot of parallels. It's an interesting thing as well because people often compare the sound of Mark of Cain to Helmet. Yeah, but, big time. But big time. Mark of Cain predate Helmet, like, uh, to a large degree. Like, these guys got started in uh, 1984. Yeah. So even yeah, by this stage, they're kind of time. like a veteran rock act. Obviously, they're not, like, commercial stride kind no. of band. But they, mm. they definitely got a lot more attention in the 90s. But that also means they were... Contemporaries of X, which I I didn't I yeah. didn't realize. That is, that's, the, yeah, that's the, the original De- Degenerate Boy came out in '85. Yeah, listening to it, I was like, oh, this is like this is a band covering a song, you know, from before they were a band that is huge yeah, not like covering but, your mate's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be very surprised if they weren't friends. Yeah, or at least didn't or, play together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon having that kind of music around would have majorly lit a fire under their ass. You know, for sure, for sure. Consistently interesting band that have always made like. Really sludgy, really heavy, really intense alternative rock. And yeah, like it's not necessarily stuff that I'm listening to like all the time. But every time I get, I like, I hear a Mark of Cain record or I go back and I listen to a Helmet record or something like that, I'm, the goatee just bristles within me and I'm just like, fucking get into this. <laughs> so this was also on the soundtrack to a movie called Idiot Box, which came out in 96 or thereabouts mm. um, and uh, starred. Mr. Ben Mendelsohn, who I believe in the in the music video for this song, uh, is at the start um, reciting a, a beautiful, beautiful, uh, eloquent poem uh, to to his darling wife. You're an idiot. You're a bitch. You shit me to tears. I'm going down the pub. Were you guys a aware this was a cover like before you kind of like looked into it? And B, does has anyone like actually like listened to X with any kind of depth or anything like that or is this kind of like a oh so they're covering this band or whatever i've heard the early x records just through like punk history yeah research but like i wouldn't call myself a fan not because i dislike them just because i'm fucking unfamiliar my australian punk knowledge like is just pretty much limited like early punk knowledge is pretty much limited to the classics like your radio birdman and your saints and stuff god as well mm. um but like i i knew this song i hadn't heard this cover of the song but i knew the original mm. the first thing i thought when i heard this was this is ramones meets big black pretty spot on maths. yeah because um yeah that's simple maths quick because quick maths. um but like because like the like the chunkiness it's just like that kind of that masculinist kind of rock that noise rock channels but like yeah. the guitar work is so johnny ramone that like simple mm. mean guitar work. That's like it's like it's machine guitar work. It just like operates as, a, as mm. like a yep. machine kind of thing like that. Yeah, yeah it's true. Like, but no, I I, I, did, I hadn't heard this cover, or at least I, well, I've seen Idiot Box, so I hadn't remembered this cover since I was fucking yeah, nine. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I feel like I don't know Mark of Cain, but mm. I, I feel like this is like it doesn't quite escape the trappings of the dude rocky feel of it. And I think that's just partly it's the lyrics, and I know that's just like the point of the the original like song. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah, and it's like being Australians things about like doll checks and that in songs yeah like I'm I'm on board enough I guess like, <laughs> right. yeah. like oh, I feel like I'm paying it too harshly when I say that when I, when I even say the word misogynist in describing this song because it's not I know that it's not but like I, I think I can see misogynists liking this song and I think yeah. it keeps me at arm's distance and I, I fucking hate that I like because the song isn't I'm not bad mouthing Mark of Cain I'm sure they're not fucking well that, that yeah. was a criticism leveled at them at the time yeah right a, yeah. Lot, of, a lot of people use that word in, in relation to Mark mm, of Cain yeah, so something, like, something about what they were doing I don't want to do that as no, far no, as I know no. Good, like, 
Yeah, I think having like read a little bit about them and stuff, I think there's an irony. Yeah, and, and I, in the X song as well. Yeah, yeah. But it just doesn't come through in the music. Yeah, I, and I, I don't I'm think sure there's a playful through, irony. But it just like it doesn't translate in a way that prevents people not getting it. Yeah, picking up the song. I think at its purest. That kind of thing is okay because, fuck yeah, I want to be in a pub and I want to be swilling cheap beer and I want to be, you know, wearing a flannel and I want to be, you know, like smashing around with my mates and whatever. Mm. At its purest, that's a great experience. But I also think, like, I know there are aspects of culture there that I kind of shy away from as well and it's hard to kind of separate that out. And so that all kind of gets lumped together in this song. Like, all sorts of things kind of spring up in relation to this and in in relation to the original as well because I think in terms of a cover this basically just changes the guitar tone up a little bit makes it faster makes it more aggressive Mm. and makes it a little bit less kind of sex pistols-y Mm. Um, you know that kind of punk sneer or the attitude like that comes across so strongly with the X kind of original and this is just more like a straight out you know we're playing less with the kind of uh, theatre of punk and we're just kind of rock this out yeah um, I think there's there's probably an argument to be made about how like the two versions and their like kind of relative cult success right uh, 12 years apart highlights some things about particularly Australian male culture in regards to the kind of conflict between ironically embracing and also rejecting those kinds of attitudes. Mm. I think like there's a lot going on in this, this song kind of, I don't think it, it resolves any of that, but I think it Mm. definitely illustrates it. Uh, Yeah. I think that's a good point. Like the two versions of it having success also kind of illustrate it in another way. So yeah. And from what I can gather, Idiot Box is kind of probably another one of those examples of that art. I haven't seen the film, but I've seen, you know, enough of it to kind of guess like, okay, you're kind of playing with the same palette here. Like yeah. some people are going to unironically love it and go yeah. like, I relate to this so much. And other people are going to ironically engage with it. And but some other people are going to be like, complexities the, as well. It's, yeah, exactly. But, but this song, it does bang. It, it is does. fucking mean and it's mm. fun. Like I'm not trying to like oh, for the like the negative implications that I've no, brought it, up with it this. It is a mean like, banging punk song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, and, like yeah, and I, and I, and I like I like mean banging punk songs. Sometimes that's my only counterpoint. Yeah, I, I, I like me, I like <laughs> mean like, banging punk songs. I know it fucking slaps. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there is still the uh, being drunk in a pub, getting covered in other people's beer and other people's sweat. Yeah, and like there are times when that's exactly what I want to do. Hundred yeah. percent. But also, I am a white fucking dude, so like, <laughs> I'm, I'm able to engage in that culture safely. Like, yeah. yeah, you know. A lot of privilege checking, folks. Mm. That's what we're all about. We are the wokest podcast <laughs> to feature four white guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> couldn't even fucking joke about it. Edit this part of the thing. Out. <laughs> it's already too fucking much. People say, like, what's Hundreds and Thousands like? Oh, it's like, uh, you know, like a music podcast if Chapo Trap House. <laughs> <laughs> describe it as a woke WTF. <laughs> Woke to yeah. <laughs> I like to think of it as unproblematic Doug Loves movies. <laughs> it's pretty much 99% invisible for Triple J. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it really is though. Can I do my amazing guy Ross impression later? Please. Okay. You do on as mic. long as I get to do my Ira Glass. <laughs> At number 77, it's the Cardigans with Love Fool.
Legends with Love Fool coming in at number 77 in the 1997 Hottest 100. Of course, the song famously originally by uh, Australian punk band X. Wait, wait, <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry, I'm just checking my notes again. That's 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 not the case. You know, I, ma- I made the Portishead reference. Give me a reason to love you, Ellie. We don't we don't need a fucking reason to talk about love for like. No way. I, I reckon this would have come up anyway. Like, if this didn't get in, one of us had been like, "Why the fuck are we talking about love for?" I mean, this is. I mean, it's so overplayed and everything. But I love this song so much and so like unabashedly like. The way it subverts, like, the pop love song tropes, like, constantly switches between the major and minor keys. Mm. That's great. The, like, sweetly sour lyrics about not caring if they really do love her. Like, it's just great. I think the parts will work really well as that kind of lounge pop song. Like, the the bass line, yeah. the really tight, like, TikTok drums the whole way through. Oh, that, that beautifully loungy guitar. guitar. And in the chorus, oh. is like, three different hooks smashed into one. It's just, like... I reckon not everyone in this room loves it, but I love it. So, yeah. It, it, what the like, fuck would make you think that? Yeah. Who do you reckon the fucking one I'm getting is? to... Did it, get, did it get really cold in here, yeah. like, the last minute? Look, like... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not a bad song. Before you go any further, I just want to point this out. Um, a guy uh, from Newcastle, this photographer, David, was asking when the next season of Hottest 100 was going to come out, and I'm just like, yeah, we're recording at the moment, man. Like, we're, we're getting it all together. He's just like, yeah, it's my favourite podcast. I'm like, man, that's really kind. He's just, and he just goes, yeah, look, above everything else, you have my favourite villain in the history of podcasts. And I'm like, what, me? And he goes, and he just looks at me like I'm an idiot and goes, no, Andrew McDonald. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, Dave, Dave. You're the Hamburglar. Yeah, you are the Hamburglar. That's awesome. Actually, yeah. actually I, while well, we say it's awesome, because now I'm the fucking not the villain anymore, Dave, you fucking prick. Hey. <laughs> um, but you're like, that's oh. terrible. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah you're like, you're like, like, I, like my favourite kind of villains are the 80s movie villains, where like, someone's like, good plan, boss. No, you mean it's a bad plan, a terrible, evil plan. Yeah, anyway. Look, and that's- look this song, <laughs> partly, like, the, the, to its credit, yeah, yeah, I, I do like the lyrics. I, I think the, the way that it plays with the love tropes, like, it's she. She almost sounds like she's a manipulative lover, and I think that's really fascinating. Like, that's not something that's explored in much music, let alone in mainstream pop music, very much at all. And particularly from a female point of view, even more interesting. But it's just so fucking sickening. Like, it's just so <laughs> Excuse fucking... Excuse me? It's like fairy floss that's been dipped in treacle and covered in sugar, and I'm being forced to eat a bucket of it. Uh, like, I just- really don't appreciate you disrespecting my lunch like that, thanks. <laughs> I'm it's, right it's here. Food shaming, David. <laughs> it's, it, there's just so much of it to eat. It's just, I like, yeah, there's a lot of me to go around, all right? <laughs> Fuck you. Like, I don't have a sweet tooth at the best of times, the cardigans, and you're making me eat a whole trough of this stuff, and and I'm full. Like, <laughs> like again, there's there's enough to credit and analysis with the, the major mind. I think that is fascinating, and like. I have a bit of a soft spot for Bossa Nova Jazz and Bossa Nova Jazz incorporating into pop music isn't something that's done very much and it's cool that they're playing with these things. And I think the Cardigans have some merit with their composition throughout their discography as well. Famously with the Tom Jones. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. God, <laughs> Ru- ruining a talking head. No, 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 no. I, I unironically saving, disagree with you. Saving a talking head song. Don't anybody talk about Tom Jones' <laughs> version of burning down the house in a negative light. How okay. dare you? All right, I, I, That's what's up. It fucking slaps. Oh, what the hell? I did not watch my buddy's debate. Whatever. Eat balls. <laughs> Eat balls, warrior. <laughs> you, you cheated. Like, <laughs> look. 
back back to this song, which we can all agree yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's partly it's the overplayedness, um, and also like in like Cruel Intentions and Romeo and Juliet, like which are I guess two kind of inescapable movies of the nineties as well. Um, which this was featured in the soundtracks of both, and then got huge amounts of rare play afterwards. I'm surprised this is not in the Triple J thing because this is even more like mainstream pop than the Kaiminoga that we've spoken about. Yeah. Um, and this is not as good as that. It's not good. I knew there'd be a bit of love for this. I knew that I'd be the Waluigi of the team again, but like, I didn't know I'd be this Waluigi. much of a Waluigi. It is, yeah. it is interesting, though. Like, I, I don't know the timeline in terms of, you know, its release. I think it was in those movies fairly soon after the release, which would be a huge bump. Yeah. I'm not, just, I, I, in it, terms of how quickly it transitioned to mainstream and then being in the triple... J Hottest 100, I think someone might know that. <laughs> Let's go to the facts, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the... Facts, man. It's <laughs> 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 really good. I feel, like, I feel like the guy on the floor of Iron Chef, you know, when the, when the hosts are like not knowing what's going on. Kuzan. Uh, Kuzan. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Yeah, what the Iron Chef is doing right now, uh, Romeo and Juliet actually came out in 1996, <laughs> but Cruel Intentions didn't come out until 1998. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> I'm going to cross the floor as well. I don't know where I sit whoa, in terms whoa, whoa, whoa. of... What? Yeah, I don't know where I stand in terms of like the alignment that the fans have given me. But yeah, I'm going to be the Grimace to your hamburger, man. Thank um, you. I, it's too much, right? Grimace is Were good. Were they on a team? No, Grimace was bad. Look at him. Grimace is not a goodie. Grimace How is, dare you? Grimace I look is... the most like Grimace out of the four <laughs> McDonald's characters. <laughs> I, I'm definitely bagsing uh, Mr. Moon, the failed 80s guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, ma- the, ma- the, the Mac at Night guy. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay. Are you um, Googling Grimace? So, so I'm on <laughs> the McDonald's I mean, wiki. I got, in, I got in real deep, real yes, quick. That's the McDonald's oh wiki. This is McDonald's wiki. I'm on the Grimace page, and the caption for the photo says the iconic, parentheses, good Grimace. Yeah! Whoa, that means there's an evil Grimace. There's an evil it, Grimace. That, that, that certainly suggests that, that implies... Oh, my God! That implies the existence of a nigger Grimace. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> oh, sorry, there's, it's there's one of those wikis comments. where you scroll down for, like, the categories, but you go too far, and you're like, oh, yeah, this wiki has comments. There's <laughs> like, a lot of comments on the Grimace. There's some hot Grimace like, tastes. Grimace basically just grim? Next comment, as in mold. <laughs> it was funnier when he was evil. Yeah. Ah, Isn't ah. Grimace also considered a wumpus? Next comment, I'll be your wumpus, boy. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> Man, these McDonald's, McDonald's is horny on Maine. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, so I am evil Grimace. Good, yeah. Originally, Grimace, Grimace was the evil Grimace with two pairs of arms with which to steal milk. Yes! What? what? So Grimace was the the, the, the milkshake bandit to the hamburger. He was literally the, the Grimace to your hamburger. Mate. Holy shit. After that campaign, he was revised <laughs> to be one of the good guys and his number of arms was reduced to two. Man. His number of arms. That sucks for him. Oh, man. Four arms I really, is awesome. I really wish that like um, heel face turn, like losing two arms could be another term for the yeah. heel face turn. Yeah, 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 losing the arms. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Man. Wow, that... Yeah, did you remember a couple of years ago they updated the uh the, the hamburger like to not just be like the cartoony hamburger? It was like it was, a hamburg. It was a super like, it was wealth a, distributor. <laughs> yes, it, no, it was, it was a handsome dude. Like he was a male model in the hamburger costume. Like it looked like a, it looked like a dude cosplaying oh, as like I a, saw as that. a handsome hamburger. But like it was so the, anyway, horny. Ham, yeah, yeah, McDonald's going horny on the main. Yeah, um, <laughs> like doing sexy hamburger dude. What happened to sexy grimace? 
wino, <laughs> sexy <laughs> Mo- Mr. Moonface Mac at night. Well, look, I, I think I feel my life like had a purpose. This is another now. easily solved. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, for the fo- for the for those listening to the, the audio version of this podcast, we've just googled uh, sexy grimace, and grimace is thick and looking like a snack. <laughs> Oh. Grimace is one thick bear. Definitely clearing search history after this episode. Oh. Doesn't even matter what I think about this song anymore, does it? Oh. I don't think it's good. Okay, good. Why so, don't you think so you're, it's good? You're forearms Grimace right now, not two arms. I, I have forearms proudly on display, and they're wow. all flipping the bird. They're all Why? stealing the checks. Why? Well, at least one is. Why? I mean, don't need to devote all four. Because I think Andrew pretty much nailed it with the sugary sweetness. But I wouldn't. It's have, good. You but, don't have to have it all the time. <laughs> I don't want to have it any of the time. Why I've had not? it enough. In, I've had it enough in my yeah, life. All right, we get it. You fucking like protein it's, shakes and shit. I love protein shakes. I'll bet you do. Yes. I, I can't believe that protein shake hasn't taken off as a slang term for masturbation. <laughs> yeah, having a protein shake. Like Blink 182's 1998 album Dude Wretch. <laughs> That's cum. Mm. Yeah? It yeah. Is, it's a thinker. Jack, well, I know that Pearl Jam is also cum. Mm. Mm. Huh? 90s and were all about so cum. They, they, they like definitely denied that that's what the band name was meant to be alluding to. Yeah, because for the, what the, that's what. Yeah, because their, their first name was Tit Job. <laughs> <laughs> I think 10cc is also cum. Really? I wouldn't be surprised. It's the, it's the, it's the, the average amount of ejaculate. <laughs> Fucking hell. 10 cc's. <laughs> just, just ruined this. I gotta admit, I came in hard to bag on him, but this is too far. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely came Time to in lose hard. a couple of arms. <laughs> yeah, maybe lose that arm. Yeah, right. It's too much, right? It's just too, it's, it, yeah. It, it's. Like, um, partly it's the it's over everything. It's the overplayedness as well. To be fair, like it hasn't I think been overplayed in so long though. Like well, that's not an argument. I think it is. It's it's like I reckon there are definitely songs that you hated growing up because it, they were literally everywhere that you've revisited in the last few years and been like, oh yeah, I remember why I liked this song to begin with. I'm that's sure. Me with, that's me with Loveful. Like it's been a fucking age since I fucking heard Loveful and. When I heard it again on the bus the other day, like it was just like I remember every last bit. I remember every last ah. progression and detour, and it all just amalgamates into this beautiful rainbow trip. It, it's Rainbow Road, baby. I fucking <laughs> I, I ride that shit hard. This I actually, fair. I actually, when I read this, I didn't know what song it was. By the way, yeah, I saw right. I saw the Cardigans Loveful. What's this song? I wonder. And then obviously from the opening second, you're like, oh, obviously it's this song. Yeah. If I heard this song, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the title of it. I, sure. I, it's it's existed as just a part of pop music for so long like it, it's one of those things that's much like fucking so many 80s pop songs They're like ah oh, the sure. song goes like this without knowing the name that was this mm. song to me I didn't know huh. yeah this is this has always been like um uh, like a mainstay in like my like 90s pop playlist kind of yeah one of those like bad boys. Yeah, 90s early sure. 2000s yeah that kind of thing have you googled forearm grimace at number 76 this is Amani Coppola with legend of a cowgirl
Johnny Coppola at number... Oh, fuck, I hope I'm saying that right. And number 76 in the 1997 Hottest 100, uh, Legend of a Cowgirl. Ride him, Cowgirl. I am. Um... Mr. Andrew McDonald. <laughs> Maybe I'm alone here, but have you guys heard this song before? Nope. No, because... See, it, it's not an, oh my God, it's that song, Roman. It's a, is this a song? It seems so familiar. Mm. It's, it sounds like we should all have known it, right? Yeah, it, totally. sounds, it sounds exactly totally, like totally, a quintessential... Totally, totally. 90s yeah. pop tune like it, it, cro- it crosses like that. that yeah totally yeah. Well, this is surely just like the female version of Pony by Genuine yeah. I take uh, offence to that <laughs> <laughs> nothing uh, it, as it's the not horniest guy in the room yeah. <laughs> look the guy who has the, the protein four shakes arms. the most yeah, yeah, often yeah. four arms and protein shakes <laughs> and a protein shake in every arm <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that weight thing called that you like the shake weight, weight. The shake, shake off weight. yeah the, the jerk off tool yeah yeah. Uh, I beg your pardon. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure if anybody has noticed before, but the shake weight actually resembles something else. A bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit lewd. Oh, yeah. But this, a bit, yeah. A little, little bit lewd and crude. I hadn't yeah. heard this. The video looks like it's a 90s hit. It sounds like it's a 90s hit. You look it up on YouTube, it's only got 161,000 views. But it sounds exactly like we should have all been like, oh my God, this song. How mm. Because it skirts that 90s like pop rap kind of crossover that was like, very much in vogue at the time. I'm rapping in morning and I'm here to say I'm going to be a cuddle in a legendary way. That did not come off the top of the... You were Andrew, the last time you came up with something off the top of your head, we got Ale Caesar de Caesar. Don't tell me you just came up with... I did, it's not even in my notes. That proves nothing. That's true. Fuck when you guys accuse me of fucking preparing in advance my riff on DNA by Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> well, that was Look. also very good. Thank you. I think but that I, means that I, Deej and Andrew need to have a rap battle. Oh, the God. hero of the podcast versus the villain of the podcast. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, it's on. Oh, um, can we can we rap over Mario out. Kart soundtrack? <gasps> yes. Oh, it's um, going to be lit. Her personality comes through so like wonderfully. Like obviously, like, it's like it's a pretty horny song. Obviously, um, <laughs> quite horny. Yeah, like yeah. a seven. Yeah, about a yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. Say. You're not you're not yeah. about to do anything that. Yeah, compared no. to like compared to pony. But, but seven and like 10, commercial radio 11. usually tops out at like eight. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but like I feel like her personality is so strong in this, and I feel like I know her. Like it feels like it's a, a real That's nice. Like I said before, if, I feel like I should have known this song because it works. Everything about it works. So like I don't love this track. Hugely, because it's like I'm not hugely into 90s rap pop, but like, mm. ah, well, it's kind of pretty good. Um, <laughs> um, but like, this is just fun, kind of independent, like wonderful, jammy stuff. Like, this, this works really well as a tune that I feel like maybe to some people this was a massive hit. Like, oh, I know, it definitely was. Yeah. It was, it was, it, she's a one hit wonder. She tried to follow it up with another song called I'm a Tree. Uh, which oh, nice. was not as successful. What? Right. <laughs> a good sequel to, uh, is that too nice to even fucking bring up? Don't worry. <laughs> Go on. Well, like, I like to think when uh, Furtado put out I'm Like a Bird, she yeah. was like, what? And so she can do it. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, the, the, an early Frank Zappa and Mother's song called I'm a Rock. <laughs> Whatever. Why didn't you go for the... Um, Simon, Simon and Garfield, I'm a Rock. Oh, Simon, Simon and Garfield? Simon and Garfield. <laughs> Look. You're all f- a fucking yeah. mess. Yeah, I am like... a rock. I love lasagna. <laughs> And lasagna never cried. I, I, I actually just remembered the, the, the Zappa song is called Help I'm a Rock as well. So it's, it's pretty far I'm from a rock, I'd say about a two on the oh, horny yeah, scale. Yeah. <laughs> One oh, must be pretty yeah. unhorny. Sound of Silence is definitely a zero on the horny scale. <laughs> 
But this was a hit, Adam. Yeah, this yeah, was this good. was big. If we were having this discussion, I think as US citizens, then I think we would potentially have be, we potentially be getting shot at because America <laughs> gun violence oh, out of control right now. More like right, the folks? United States. Somebody got a rant here, but if we like, Chapo trap house. <laughs> but I, it was a big hit over there. Um, kind of less so. Uh, I she, mean, like it got, it got up here over yeah, here, yeah. but I think again, it just speaks to Triple J's idiosyncratic programming. Mm. Um, yeah. This to me is so nineties Triple J. Like I think the songs that are coming out in this countdown seem to be that in particular uh, more so than any other countdown we've talked about so far. I think the amount of ones that are kind of like Triple J got this up in Australia, but otherwise it just absolutely wouldn't have been played. It has such a particular kind of almost attitude that these songs are kind of getting across. Yeah. But is, is this also perhaps uh, the poppiest top end we've spoken about so far? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, quite, yeah quite potentially yeah. too. So I love the story about how this song came about. Apparently she was hanging out in a uh, college dorm room and she was just overhearing girls talking about their love life or whatever. Um, and she's just kind of like, yeah, cool. And that, and the idea of this this kind of cowboy persona who kind of like, as she says, love guys and leaves guys and rides off into the next town um, kind of came to her. And she originally kind of thought of doing like a film <laughs> with it but eventually it just kind of turned into like you know the song and the film clip and whatever which I believe also uh, got a lot of attention for her and that that kind of that kind of happened I really like um, as any sensible person I, I like any sort of like feminist undercutting of like masculinist tropes and I think that's just totally. really yeah. well here because like it's like undeniably a quintessentially American coolness to be like a cowboy who like loves him and leaves him and then hitches up on the saddle and yeah. hitching on that's the right. saddle yeah. Um, yeah. but like, again like the, the undoing of masculinist tropes from a feminist perspective pretty cool and yeah. done in a pop way I wish I was familiar with this song before now because it, yeah, it, it, it should be have very, been part of the zeitgeist it'd be a very different conversation if we were like oh this song I haven't I haven't heard this song for 10 years or whatever and that's, yeah. what, I, that's what I wish it was yeah and I'm sure heaps of people have that yeah. that are like that have this weird like you know nostalgia love for this song mm. what I really love actually is the production and the beat like I think yeah. like on its own that's really cool it's taken from a Donovan song whoa really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sun, Sunshine Superman by Donovan. Oh. 66. Yeah. I love Donovan. Very, and then ben she, Lee's uh, father-in-law. True story. There you go. And then she I starts flaying it on the fiddle as well. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, sick, the fiddle yeah. bit's really nice. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Did that just click for anyone else? Yeah. It's, it's gone. It's a miracle. You oh, my. Oh. You. You. Oh. <gasps> I'm, I'm cured. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. It finally happened. Okay, I guess um, Adam can hear strings. Oh I guess strings. I can hear strings now. Mm. <gasps> if you want context for that joke, previously Adam could not hear strings. <laughs> Interesting. I'm so oh, proud. I see. <laughs> Sometimes medical issues just fix themselves uh, by themselves. You don't need to do <laughs> anything. No, no. <laughs> bad advice. Certainly bad advice. Certainly want to tell myself whatever anything goes wrong with my nope, piece nope. of shit body. <laughs> uh, fun fact as well, in terms of like resampling uh, 60s songs yeah. uh, when you're Imani Coppola. Um, I'm like a tree. Oh no, sorry. I'm a tree. Just not like a tree. She is. I'm one. like a, me- a tree. It's a metaphor, wanna... not a simile. Um, I hope that helps anyone studying <laughs> linguistics, e- English. But uh, that was sampled uh, "Soul Kitchen" by the Doors. Oh, because oh. hmm. you're never going to listen to it. Right. You yeah. are not. You are not going to go and listen to "I'm a Tree." That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to tell you about that now. Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> you're never going to do it, you cowards. <laughs> Challenge. Wow. 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 Listen to ah. one second of this song. <laughs> That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites. And because he's had such an incredible breakthrough this week. <laughs> Aww. 
I'm my my best friend, Adam Buncher. Yeah. You get to go first. Um, I'm gonna go with Porter's head for best, and this Daft Punk is burning a hole in my pocket. I feel like I've been holding uh. on for it for too long, so I'm gonna switch it up. And this is now my carryover champion as well. Woo. Nice. Whoa, nice. Porter's head. Uh, and I think my least favorite is. Uh, I was tossing up between Imani and uh, and the Cardigans, but I think in 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 a show of solidarity with my Hamburger friend. As the forearm grimace, I am going to uh, go with cardigans. Thank you. Wow. Is, is, and is that? But uh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's not worse than Beaver Loop. If you believe it, oh, God. Good, yeah. Beaver Loop's still there. I, yes. no. I'm going to be surprised and upset if that changes <laughs> because it means there's something even worse in this countdown. Yeah. My favourite of this week, also Porter's head, but my carryover champ remains the Dandies. Okay, fair. And my least favourite was Loveful, but my carryover chump remains nice. Beaver Loop. <laughs> My favorite is Loveful, and my least favorite is Faded. But uh, yeah, the the main the mains uh, champs and chumps remain untouched. My favorite is Loveful, but I'm sticking with the Dandies. Uh, my least favorite is yeah, I guess I guess Ben Harper, and but definitely sticking with Beaver Loop. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! <laughs> On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, bye, Mr. Andrew McDonald, good night, and my best friend, Mr. Adam Buncher. Ah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The string listening forearmed grimace. <laughs> I just got more arms to fiddle with. I mean, no. <laughs> Fiddles, uh, 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 violins, uh, shut it down. <laughs> Not protein chips. <laughs> My name is Ira Glass. Stay with us. Everything is good. Huh, but that's interesting. A, no, I'm not surprised as a McDonald's wiki. I've got to revise that, A. But um, <laughs> interesting that he was evil. Yeah. Like he was introduced as the, the milkshake version of the hamburger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess milkshakler. Like, <laughs> with the grimace. The, honestly, the character they were, design. They were going to make him a duck. <laughs> just, draw, just drawing a purple oval. And we're like, yeah, that's the grimace. Yeah. So are, are you sure you're done with that design? Like, you put a lot of work into the moon face Mac at night dude and these the female duck character that is for, birdie. that is birdie, birdie. pro milkshake. So grimace was the grim, grimace was the Sweet villain to milk birdie. to birdie. Yeah. Because there were, they were chips as well, right? They were like chippy. Oh, yeah. 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 No, yeah. they were they were like um, the inhabitants of the McDonald's land, and they were just the food things, which <laughs> is them. yeah, that's yeah. problematic. Yeah. Man, I'm certainly gonna invest some time into my uh, gobbledock McDonald's McGobbledock universe <laughs> creation later on. Well, how chippy. do you bring the gobbledock in there? Well, he loves chippies. Well, the whole point of the gobbledock is he goes everywhere uninvited. Like, yeah, well, he's, he, and yeah, so he's anywhere from, there he, he's from he, He's from Planet Dock, the potato world. <laughs> and where do you get your good potato chips? McDonald's. Uh, Classic. Fuck, man, you thought of everything. This, 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 this is the, not the this, crossover anyone this, asked this, for. This is, this is the bonus Patreon content. <laughs> <laughs> this is what that $5 a month gets you. Only really? five. That's a steal. <laughs> <laughs> Practically gay in a way. Oh my god. Sorry, guys. We're talking about music again. <laughs> We're all going to hell. <laughs>